following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. This is another monkey piloted rocket trip to the moon. Here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? Hey, you know, I, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Frank! Frank! My name is Frank. Frank! Frank! <laughs> Keep going. Come on, babe. Marching on. Marching on. And the Bard of Broadcasting is here with you for now and onward. Ian Abramson should be with us on this Catolo Chronicles 
that we do here. <laughs> Cap to Ice Cap from Hamlet the City from Othello and into every Bordello. It says, I, the Bard of Broadcasting, and indeed, I listen more and more to broadcasters. Uh, I, I, think I've, I think I've given up on radio altogether because I don't like the games they play. And well, you know what? Tell you why. Wait, I'll tell you why. I, Forget about what I don't like or where I stand politically or, or anything that I feel, touch, think, hear, or smell, okay? And let's just think this. I'm not entertained. I am not entertained. The news, uh, you know, once in a while you find a newscaster you like to listen to and, uh, you know, it's entertaining. When you like something, no matter what is coming out of these people's mouths or the songs that people are singing, the lyrics, the, when you like something enough to take time out of your life to listen, watch, whatever, some probably watch and listen, then, uh, you know, that's entertainment. That's all. I don't care if you learn something from it or you don't learn anything from it or if you're wasting time or you, uh, whatever. We're all wasting time, but, okay, Whatever that case may be, entertainment is what it's all about. That's what this is all about here, Catolo Chronicles. So I don't listen. And when it comes to social media, I've given up so many platforms that I used when IBM, <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing the Jerry Lewis that I used when I began. I know there's a lot of in in jokes. And stuff that goes on. But most people move on. All right? If you don't get it, an asterisk. That's why I tell you to keep a notebook. But in any event, in all event, in certainly this event, that, that's what I mean. It's all about entertainment. And pop culture finds its way into all the other things, like politics and uh, and what else is there? Politics, entertainment, uh, chemistry, I guess, right? <laughs> and everything else. Math. Okay? So, uh, so I don't listen to those people, and I'm uh, seeing now it's tough to do reading of articles and things on the interweb, and that is bothering me because, again, because of the language, because it's not entertaining when someone is not communicating well enough, quick enough. You know, it's all about it's all about time. It's all about quickness. It's all about, uh, you know, don't waste my time. Entertain me or not. I'm faced with, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of options uh, to watch movies, 
TV things uh, with commercials, without commercials. There's just so much. And so much of it does not entertain me. Okay, I'm not going to judge it by saying it stinks. It, I love people. I love people who who dislike something so much, a movie or a show, or think God, movie stinks. That they are right on right on top of it. Just judge it. Ask them why they don't know. They because they have a feeling. When really, I know why they don't. Don't ask them why. It didn't entertain them. So they said it stinks. This is the best way they could uh, uh, express themselves. But I'm not talking about the audience. I'm talking about the the people disseminating, disseminating. Did I say disseminating? The, the people giving you the information, whether it be uh, dialogue, monologue, music, acting, acting, right? So, uh, so I don't. And I realize after long and tedious complaining about how they speak and what they're doing to the language, you know, it's fine. If it entertains you, it's fine with me. But I, I can't. It, you know, we all have our little turnoffs, and that is a big turnoff for me. So I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I, I'm sorry if... Uh, I'm sorry. And, and I don't know. I think people, I don't, well, I don't want to get into that too, but we are going to get into what is entertaining and jokes and uh, fun on the funny side and maybe probably on the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, you know what I'm doing? I got this wonderful desk, right? And it's got a chip in it. So what am I doing? I wonder how well, yeah, you can hear that. There's a, there's a crack, there's a, a slit. It's at a crack. It's, what is it? It's like something, a chip. No, it's just, what, what would that be, a cut? A cut on the wood? I don't know how the heck that happened. Look, it's like somebody dropped a heavy metal something because it's so, yeah, just found that. Um, um, Ian Abramson came to my attention from my son who uh, works with him uh, on various little projects and stuff. Uh, my son, uh, Ray Cotolo, who, uh, at com, who does... Films and things and comedy and he writes and stuff that's serious and not serious. Yeah, he does what he thinks will entertain. <laughs> and some people get it, some people don't. Look, that's, uh, you know, the apple doesn't fall onto, and I forgot his name, <laughs> the gravity guy, the gravity guy. Wow, I'm having a problem with names as I get older. And it's, it's not, it's not alarming at all. I think that there's just too many. You know, the older you get, the more more information you uh, accumulate. I hope. I mean, there are people who don't, and some of them are governors of the United States. Oh, stop! I'm not going to get political, because you leave that to the schmagegies. You know, I grew up hearing that name, that word, schmagegi, for. Uh, you know, I, you know, jerk, a stupid person. I don't even know how. To, it sounds like you know what it means even if you don't because it's a, a shmagegi, right? And I don't know what shmagegi means or how it exactly is spelled, but I got to tell you, I'm watching this wonderful movie the other night from the 40s called All Through the Night. Uh, uh, it's a 
Humphrey Bogart movie, but I don't want to talk about the movie. I just want to talk about, and I'm going to do a whole show about this too, by the way. I'm going to do a whole show one of these days, a theme show about old movies. And now some of them are really, some movies are getting old. Not having to do with canceling or, or, or what people do, although it will come up because uh, old movies are great because they're history lessons. And, you know, what people wore, how they talked, what they ate, uh, the culture, even though it was Hollywood and cleaned up, you know, it, it was, it reflected the culture of anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, any culture. Because it dealt in all the culture because it's Hollywood and it's fake. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but I heard in the dialogue, one of the guys who's this New York uh, secondhand mobster, you know, a gangster. I guess the gangsters aren't, are, are not the hierarchy. <laughs> it's not gangsters. You know, the top. And the guy said, a shmagagi. Called, called someone a shmagagi. Shmagagi. And I'm, I, and I went, whoa, I stopped. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I stopped anything I was doing. I must have dropped something. I'd never heard the word other than in public. And I've seen a lot of old movies. I've looked at a lot of history from the time before I was born, the first 10 years of my life on Earth, which had a lot to do with history, which, you know, I didn't pay attention to that closely when I was younger. Okay, all that stuff. But Shmagegi in the neighborhood was Shmagegi. Yeah, it Shmagegi. If you got called the Shmagegi, it was not good. Uh, even though uh, you knew. I mean, it just sounded like, oh, you're a sloppy piece of, you know, you're dumb, you're whatever. I don't know. It's not a good, it's not a good thing. I mean, never, you never went to uh, to buy a Hallmark card for someone <laughs> Who who, uh, who 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 you loved or liked or wanted you know to, and you and too much magegi there wasn't a set it was like son birthdays son birthday friend birthday loved one birthday shmagegi so there was not one that said shmagegi and and it's a word that sticks with me at least and it's a word that died it died and here here was this word in the movie. And of all the movies, that movie, uh, mo hello, of all the movies I've seen, see, I tried to, I tried to get those words out too quickly. I'd never heard it. And there was Schmigay. Now, before I call Ian, um, who uh, we hope is going to connect to our Skype thing, I don't know. I don't know why I'm so worried he's not going to, uh, because you know, uh, I've had Skype over the past year, and you know, this year. Had so much trouble with Skype with various. I don't know if it was the people, or it was the Skype. It was the Skype was. Um, but uh, speaking of social media, okay, and I am on at Frank Catola. You can get me there. I'm there, and I post little things. Don't expect um, breaking news or or rants and raves about things that you can hear screaming about on other places. And this is a pre Elon Musk. Unless he's doing it, he's not doing it. I don't care either way. Okay, so. Uh, uh, I saw something. It was one guy, who, uh, I think it was a guy, and it was one line on Twitter. Someone wrote, Jerry Lee Lewis, R-I-P, and there was a link to YouTube. Now, I 
didn't hit the link. When I'm on Twitter, I don't hit links because on Twitter, I'm on my phone. My phone is not that good. I don't like to use up all the, the gigs and things and stuff. So I don't want YouTube on my phone. I wouldn't use it anyway, okay? <laughs> I don't use it. I wouldn't use it. I use a phone as a phone and I text and stuff, right? Okay, so that's the way I use phone. All right. But it says they're RIP. I went, no, not Jer- No, not my pal, Jerry Lee Lewis, as he called me and my pal. No, he didn't call me a pal. He called me what he called everyone else, killer, killer, killer. Well, I'm a pal, I'm a pal. But he used to call everyone killer. And and for a, for a spell, uh, because of uh, my closeness in that area of entertainment, <laughs> okay, I knew Jerry Lee. And uh, killer, a killer. You know, I didn't think uh, that... Uh, uh, I didn't know he called everyone killer. It felt special, you know. I'm, I'm glad he didn't say, hey, Schmagagy. <laughs> but Jerry, anyway, I'm disturbed when I read this. No, no, not Jerry Lee. And he's one of those people. He's he's old, obviously, 84 to 87, 87, I think. So he's got years on me, on you, on a lot of people. But we're already 87, okay. And, uh, and last time I saw him, he was... Uh, not standing well, you know, moving uh, wrong. He's had a couple of operations. I think he has a stomach, you know, the size of a uh, of a of a uh, cherry tomato by now, because they 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 ripped at his stomach, and yet he's managed to get through all this. And he, uh, I don't remember when he did his last gig, uh, but he did his last gig. I don't, I don't think he could use those fingers anymore on the piano and I don't know how he speaks and uh, I don't know what he remembers the last time I talked to anybody who knew him they said well, he, like he's going to remember you oh he's like you know he's forgotten lots of things maybe he's forgotten to play guitar maybe he's demented in the dementia sense not demented yeah so but I feel bad I, I wanted to live even though he's in pain you know what I'm saying okay that's the same way I feel about myself okay there's a uh, but you know it's a good guy and a wonderful talent. Wonderful. I mean, wonderful. That's the best word I can use for Jerry Lee. Wonderful. Okay, so I, then I go looking for it. I just stopped everything I was doing. I went to Google. I went, put his name in the in the uh, box there, and I searched. Google, Google, and I went around. I'm going like, where? Where's the news? Where's the news? How is this not? But before I did that, because I was doing some work, I, I turned on the stations, the radio station, the TV, not radio, the TV news and stuff, and I'm looking around on the, is there? I mean, the Jared Lee Lewis dies. That's a big thing. I don't expect them to break into, uh, you know, something they consider important, but you'd see them on, the, they, it would be on the news. I've heard, I saw the network news, like the CBS and ABC, when they start their network news, which goes out to uh, all of the uh, uh, the affiliates, you know, they'll tell you the story, and then you'll see, and I ran today, and then, da, 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 you know, I think you're and, you know, and, uh, and uh, a rock, rock and roll, now you know what they'd say, you know the word they would use, you know how they'd modify his name and give him a title, okay? I would say iconic, I would never say their word, you know that, that's another thing. But is that, you know, a rock and roll history has died. You know, we'll talk about the legacy of Jerry Lee, right? That would be what they'd, and they'd show him in, in, in a picture of him in his best condition 
which which is probably right into the 60s, 65, right into the 70s. I didn't know him till the 80s, so let's stop there. Now, uh, and he was still kicking, still kicking. And, uh, and, and I, you know, there's a whole story of that. But, I, you know, I re- I, and I seem to remember, uh, for some reason or another, celebrities that entertain me, aside from people who don't, who I, and they don't know. So, you know, people are dying and they go, oh, known for this and that, you know, and I don't know them. I don't know them. I, because I always, as you do, I'm generated to people, places, and th- nouns that entertain me by Frank Cotolo. This is my new book. It's coming out next week. Nouns that entertain me. So, um, but I happen to uh, know where I was when huge even if I didn't like them, huge. And I, I'm sorry, I consider Jerry Lee Lewis huge. Just like a Little Richard when he passed, Elvis, I know exactly where I was. I know where I am then <laughs> when I hear these things and when I find out and I, I'm that, and I get that feeling, uh, you know, uh, and, and it doesn't seem to matter to me whether it's catastrophic or it's old age or, you know, if they have, Stomachs the size of uh, cherry tomatoes. I just get this feeling. And that's always been that way. It's not like I'm getting older, so I feel my mortality more. Believe me, I've faced my mortality a number of times. So, And you know if you've listened to this show, because we've gotten through it all, and I've talked about it, and we laughed about it, okay? Anyway, what did I see as I'm going through the interweb? Ah, it was Jerry Lee Lewis, not dead, not dead. Suddenly it cut around. And I'm wondering, where did these things start? Why? Not just where do they start. Obviously, they start the same place that a lot of nonsense on social media and the internet in general, uh, news or whatever, uh, where you find that. Which is, you know, isn't there any reason why some of this stuff goes on? And I don't even know how the scammers get you know what you know leave a link and somebody gets a link and then they uh, i don't know they can go into your closet or something i don't know i i don't hear about this stuff i don't know i mean i don't know about it but why would where would that rumor come from that somebody would immediately make it into some kind of news item and try to go i got it i gotta send it right over there and i didn't see this well i did see the source i gotta be honest with you i forget I forgot it was a news, it was an agency, it was something. It wasn't just one person. Because, you know, how many times the rumors in the morning start? I don't even understand why anybody, uh, even your news agency, not a news agency, especially if you're a news agency, I'd get some sources before I, you know, did, it's not even for money. Nobody's buying it. It's not, those days are over. I got a scoop. I'm going to run down to the Daily Herald and I'm going to give it to them and they're going to give me some money because nobody else has it. Not going to happen. It doesn't happen on the internet. There's no way to make a dime like that. There's no cub reporters. There's hardly any good reporters. So what? Why did they do this? So who in this world said, I'm going to say, I'm going to send that, uh, say that Jerry Lee Lewis died? Why? Why? Not not entertaining, not funny, not it's nothing. The news is alive or dead. And you know, there's some people like Jerry Lee. I I wouldn't mind every day in some uh, news section of the interweb or somewhere where it would say, still alive. 
you know, other than the other stuff, which I'm not going to get into right now because it's getting late. I guess it doesn't say that. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't, what, 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 what does anyone get out of that? I could even see some, you know, like I said, you've seen people doing it for money, whether it's a scoop or not, but okay. Jerry isn't dead. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee. Nobody, nobody says Jerry. That's true. Nobody says Jerry. Everybody called him Jerry Lee. And he called everybody killer. Oh, no, not everybody. That's, let me say, and this is what I meant before. Uh, you, get, you get this close to Jerry Lee, and he would call you a killer. And uh, we hit it off. <laughs> and just, I don't know, maybe it was a look in our eyes. Uh, and uh, at that time, he was married so many times. But, but I want to talk about him as if he passed, because he hasn't. Uh, when, we, uh, uh, when, when we're going to hope that he doesn't show up, as we hope many people don't show up, as we're heading towards uh, December and the uh, Bone Garden show, where the, the artist D, hopefully again this year, will be with me, and we will uh, run through the roll call. Run through the roll call? We will... Here, the road call. Hey. Oh, look, he's there. Look at that. Okay. Give me uh, two minutes here. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes till... Ah, there. Okay, he made it. Of course he made it. Why wouldn't he make it? Uh, but uh, roll call from the Bone Garden, the last Thursday of this year, 2022. Uh, with the artist D and I for the umpteenth year. In the meantime, in between time, what we do now is give the old call to uh, Ian Abramson. Uh, we'll talk about Ian, and he'll talk about himself if you haven't seen him or heard of him uh, already. And I, you probably have and don't know it. He's one of those people you've seen on this show or that show or this thing and that thing. And you'll go, oh, that, yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we'll get Ian uh, Abramson. In the meantime, what do I have to say? One more thing before I call. Uh, Lulu, 375 digital copies of three of my chapbooks. Three. You can get for only 375. I don't know what postage is. I have no idea how these things work. Remember, I don't know how anything works. And neither do you. So let's get the one, the only, Ian Abramson. I'm going to call right now. Here we go. There's that... There's that wonderful sound. I'm ringing uh, Ian Abramson. I'm ringing. Why? He's there. I, I gave him two minutes and what? Okay. Ian? You want to pick up that phone? <laughs> See, it's not, it didn't go, it, it didn't stop. So it's still ringing. We can get a song for this. Calling Skype. Who is there? Calling Skype. Hey, that's funny because it's not. Look at that. It's not turning off. Hmm. That's uh this is something. This here's this is something that hasn't happened before. Dun, 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 dun. If I end call. <laughs> oh, Ian is unavailable. <laughs> I mean how is that possible? How could there be no answer? Oh, give me a call. I'm here. I just called. No answer. Uh, huh? Oh. 
Now we'll find out. Again, it's Skype. And I know I get it for nothing and I shouldn't complain. We all get it. But I don't know why it does this. I don't know why there's been so much trouble this year. We went for years without any trouble. Now let's see. Uh, I said two minutes. Uh, give me a call when you're back. Oh, that's me saying it. Uh, isn't that weird? So what came up when he didn't answer? It said, no answer. And then I wrote, give me a call when you're back. And it said that for me. It wrote that down for me. I didn't, uh, okay, call him again. See, here we go. Uh, so that was, give me a, okay. He was ready, I'm ready, we're here. I got water. I have water. I'm up with the gots. Okay, let's give him again here. All right, let's see if this is, yeah. Uh, answer. Uh, see, it has nothing to, okay, here, that's it. Okay, so he didn't answer when I called, but he's there, right? I am here. Okay. Whoa. How come, how come, I knew you were there because with Skype, if it doesn't, uh, it only rings so many times and then it gives you a message, you know, not available. But I kept ringing, so you must be there. For me, it only rang once and then immediately stopped. So See? I just saw I had a missed call. See, it's Skype. Skype, I don't understand. For years, we've used this. This year has been terrible. But you're here. It all worked it's out. It's getting older, Frank. And it's not me. Skype can't just stay around forever, okay? <laughs> it's getting into its uh, its, its glory. It's, it's twilight years. I was just talking about that very thing. Uh, about the, how we're going to have to put Skype in a home soon? No, I was talking about... Uh, a friend of mine, I don't drop names, but I'm, I'm going to drop one now because uh, I that on the internet the other day, I uh, someone someone and someone gave a uh, wrote something about Jerry Lee Lewis being dead. Oh yeah. Did you see that? I did. I didn't. I what I saw was the retraction. Okay. I went looking for the retraction. I stopped immediately, even though I know he's old. I know he's a you know. But I went, oh, no, this was like a personal affront to me. I mean, you know, I, right. I went, wow. And I went looking and looking, and, you know, finally I find the one. Because, you know, it, when you don't see the retraction, you look everywhere and you go, wow, nobody cares. This isn't even news, right? What? Right, you don't want it to be. Hello? Hello? Yeah, okay. You don't want it to be. Yeah, right. Yes, absolutely. Okay, back to the life, the living, which is us, who are us, whom are us. And you, Ian. Didn't Humo, didn't Humo R Us go out of business a few years ago? Who? No, whom. Whom. <laughs> to whom it um, may concern. The, are, we, are we live right now? Yes. Yeah. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Abramson. You're the uh, only second or third person in my entire life I know whose first name is Ian. Really? You were the first Frank I have ever heard of. <laughs> heard of? Oh, no, that's not true. Can yeah. you name another Frank? So I can't think of another, uh, a single, no, even no, fictional. I can't think no. of any Franks. Right. There's, yeah, I don't, yeah. Okay. There's none. You're well, a unique I, man. I thought you'd been around. I don't know. Catolo? I know a lot of Catolos. <laughs> Too many, I would imagine. Common, common last name. You don't want to know. Unique first name. It's good. You don't want to know. Uh. I'm uh, I'm I'm sure before I saw you the first time uh, and uh, and and it's always good to make garbage about first impression is good although I give people a little bit more of a chance you know okay 
But uh, when my son told me about uh, uh, you being on Conan, who's, who's not a favorite of mine. Okay. 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 I like where this is going. <laughs> not at all. So, I, you know, I have to have, I have to have a reference and someone's really good got to be on there and something's got to happen. So my son told me he's on, he was on Conan. And Conan's already been off, so it must have been on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, I'm this guy, you know, you work, know him and you're working, doing things with him. And, you know, he's comedies and all that crap. And, uh, and I've been so disappointed in stand-ups the past, I don't know how many years. And I'm happy to contribute to that feeling, Frank. I just, um, it means a lot that you would bring that up to me, that I, uh, I understand my set. My, my set was supposed to be disappointing, and I have come on your show today to apologize for it. Um, You're set. I would like to first apologize <laughs> to my mother. Um, I wish I had done a better job. I would also like to apologize to your mother, who I think also should have done a better job. <laughs> I, I, I went to see it, and uh, and um, uh, I was. Uh, I'm always surprised when I'm so entertained. Because oh, I, that's very kind. Thank you. Because it's as I was telling everyone out there. And I always tell them, you know, it's uh, uh, people like who entertain them. Uh, and I, I think beyond that, they don't even have to explain it. That's why some people say, ah, I saw that. That stunk. He stunk. They stunk. Because then right, what do they mean? It, yeah, they can't sure. explain it. They mean they're not entertained. So, yeah, right? fair enough. So there I am and I'm, I'm, and I'm watching you and I'm genuinely laughing. And and I and this is not just different. It just seems to be in my realm. Now I'm not an ordinary, as you know, because I've been on your show. Well, you were on this show. Well, whose show mm -hmm. were we on? Was I on Twitch? I don't. I, it, every time I close my eyes, I see you. <laughs> well, if I had a nickel for every person who's alive, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're starting a club. It was. Uh, I loved that routine. Thank I, you. I I just I loved what you were doing, and I said, now that's the kind of thing. Uh, that I, I wish there was more of. And yet, it's you know, I don't think it's going to happen. And that's good because it keeps you out in the forefront. Although as much as being different is good, it also hurts you a bit here and there. <laughs> Not you. Yeah, I mean, everybody. That is a, that, well, that's a, that is a, a great summary of my career. Thank no, you very it, much. It's not just you. I mean, everyone that I think, no, that, that's For sure. True. It's a, you know, you want to be yourself and do the things that are exciting. And also you hope you don't stray too far from what other people might be like, Ooh, you know what? I think I'm going to take money out of my wallet mm -hmm. and give it to this person. Yeah. I, I'm astounded at the amount of people who put their uh, hands in p their pockets. I mean, to see people, to get money to see people. I mean. uh, mm -hmm. But uh, Yeah, I, I always say the sign of a happy audience member is when they put their hands in their pockets. Tell everyone. I, Social I like, security number? Are we going there already? <laughs> no. <laughs> where, where could everyone see that? Or, or I could... Oh, yeah. If you type in my name, Ian Abramson... Uh, spelled just like it sounds, and it is, uh, it's on YouTube. So if you type in my name uh, and then the, the word Conan, which is not spelled like it sounds, uh, not the way I pronounce it anyway, mm. The so make sure to type that in and then you will see me, and that is my Conan set. That was a good Conan you did there. 
Thank you very much. I got to spell Abram, Abramson for everyone because it's not. Sure. It is the way it sounds, but for some reason yes. or another, I always. A B R S T L M S Q V. A R R B S P. You can't do it to the uh, ABC alphabet song. That's right. A B R A M Abram Abramson. That's right. See, you uh, got it. Yeah, I know, and and but I always want to say Abrahamston. Um, I think there was an H before Ellis Island, but then okay. it would have been Hellis Island, and there they weren't allowed to say that back then. There you go. Okay, we have similar stories then, because uh, there are Cutolos. Oh, did your name also used to be Abrahamson? Uh, yes, it used to be, uh, yes, Cotolo Hamson. Cotolo Hamson. Cotolo. It had that, and... Um, is that what you call? Is that what you call your your son Ray? Come here, ham son. Ham son. You've got, uh, different kinds of beef. No, you I got have... different kind of meat for your for your children. I have other names for them, but Great. anyway, perfect. None of which we can say on mic. We can say anything on mic. This is the interweb, right? That's what you think. I'm gonna. I'm in <laughs> a crowded movie theater, and I am about to shout fire. <laughs> Let's talk about you then. If they haven't seen it yet, okay, everybody knows what to do, where to go, see it later. Write it down in your Cotola Chronicles notebook and then go look at it later. But I'm going to ask Ian, uh, we may have talked about this whenever we were on together, but uh, let, let's let's take Ian Abram. First of all, this is your real name, correct? Yes, yes. Right, because in show business, who would say, oh, my name is John Smith, but I think I'm going to go for a new name. How about Abramson? Well, I'll tell you this. If I had changed it, this is not where I would I would admit that. Oh, OK. At this point, I would commit to it. I would say, no, of course, that's my name. And then six months from now, I would write on my notes app. I would write an apology and I would post it. You know, that old joke where the guy says, uh, he said, oh, well, I changed my name. He said, really? Your name is what? My name was uh, my name was Sam Rackinson. And it just confused everyone else. It confused everyone. So I changed it to, uh, to what? I changed it to Horowitzman Talman. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that goes back way back. But let's go way back. Ian, where'd you grow up? I grew up in the Inland Empire, which is between San Diego and Los Angeles. But that. both of those places felt like another world. They were hours away and they were like... Uh, Places we might visit a couple times a year at most, and it always felt like um, going to another world. And it, and it should, because when I lived in, in both of those places, not at the same time, when I lived in both those places, the weather people and the news, you'd hear people talk about, and they just drop it, like everybody know, the Inland Empire today. And you're like, where the hell's the Inland Empire? <laughs> I think the title is sarcastic. I think that I, and this is this is with a full amount of love of where I come from. I, but I, I think that uh, people did that to be disparaging, and then then us folks from the the IE said, you know what? I'm owning it. The this I is an empire, and you know where it is? Inland. The IE, IE. Yes. Inland Empire, IE. The I IE. Yeah, right. <laughs> the IE. The IE. Uh, and uh, what were you doing there? What would your parents do? What would you do? Have you, you know, what's your family? I come what? from a long line of teachers. <laughs> uh, many generations have taught the basics of math and geography to children across the Southern California landscape. Um, truly, I think, like my, I think my great grandpa came from Sweden, and then his son became a teacher. 
And I, on my mom's side, it goes much further back than that. Do you uh, think? Did you do you think, or do you know that? Did you go to Ancestry? I have never been to Ancestry, uh, but I do hope that I can get a, a pass there at some point. My, uh, uh, because my name has a certain amount of infamy to it. Uh, Does the, it? Yeah, the family name. I, I've always done this joke where they said, well, you should go to Ancestry and find out. I said, I did. They sent it back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess a little bit's true. Um, Wait, what, what's what's bad about your last name? What's the uh, what's well, what's you, the connotation people have with Cotolo? Uh, well, people don't have, but I mean, the name comes up because uh, there is still a crime family in uh, Italy, Cutolo, which is one of the variations because of what happened at um, Ellis Island. But I don't want to go into about me. Uh, people, right, they people, hate you and prefer people know you. So there's you, but there's Cotolo, and, and and all of it is a variation of the word knife which in French is couteau and goes on and on and on, you know. So, oh, so couteau then sounds like an animated, it sounds like a cartoon knife. Yes, yes. That's fun. It's like Pinocchio, a but cartoon. for a knife. I'm a real boy. A cart oh, boy, don't go into that. Don't go into that. That's a whole other show, the Pinocchio thing. But Being a real boy? No, being a Pinocchio. Let me ask you this, and I don't mean to get personal, so it doesn't uh, matter quick anymore. here, but uh, do you consider yourself a real boy? <laughs> my gender speaks for itself pardon? my gender speaks for itself <laughs> yeah I have that problem too but I've gotten a hold of it for the most part so teachers are you held to a certain standard uh, you have brothers and sisters I am held to a certain standard and that standard is deserving more money than I make Ben I mean growing up because your oh, parents were uh, teachers. Yeah, grow, growing up, I had to learn everything. I had to go to school almost every weekday my parents would make me go. And it's <laughs> like, just because this is where you guys like to hang out, that doesn't mean that's <laughs> my vibe. Right. And? And I once I got out of school, I went to college and I said, you know what I want to do? I want to make Frank Cotolo listen to me because I thought you were part of the crime family. Mm, so I'm, yeah. I'm, it, it's a big day for me to finally get to do this. But when you went to college, the name came up, right? In That's history? right. In history. Of course. Um, the great infamy. You, uh, but I, uh, did your parents, well, you didn't answer me. You have brothers and sisters? I, yeah, I have a sister. Okay. So there's two of you there. Um, did your parents, uh, since they were teachers, did they hold you to any, uh, uh, did they have any expectations or anything? How did they influence you uh, to get to where you are? Or did they not? Or are you rebelling? They had a lot of expectations. They, they said that uh, I needed to do my homework. I had to learn how to cook. I would often be camping alone for several days at a time. My parents made me drive before I was out of diapers. And we also, I had to, I had to not only learn CPR, but learn how to do it on myself while my heart and breath stopped working. But that is demanding. You're telling me. Yeah. Parents are demanding. Yeah. What, what kind of expectations did you have growing up, Frank? Me, my parents had no, no, my parents had no, uh, uh, let's not interview me. Well, how does, how does it feel to over deliver? No expectations of you, and you, you've done great. Look at you. Come on. They didn't live long enough to see the best of me, so it doesn't matter. That, that's the Catolos for you, yeah. right? In a one way or another. I have an uncle buried in six places. 
Oh, wow. I you have know? six uncles buried in one place. There you go. <laughs> That's the difference between you Swedes and us Romans. Nicole That's right. Romans. <laughs> um, so what What are the six different places that your uncle were named? Uh, I'll give you $2,000 for everyone I, you can I, name on mic right now. I can't tell you that. Oh, yeah, man. You know. Think of just the money you lost out yeah, on there. That's over $10,000. You know, I, I couldn't tell you that. That's a... Uh, uh, maybe Family they, secret. Uh, it's like the chili recipe, right? Yeah. I mean, where's uh, um, now? Now his name, now his name eluded me. The guy buried. Nobody knew where he was buried. Al Pacino. Now I got to see. This is what I got to do at this age. I got to go through. There's so much Al in my Pacino? head. Al Pacino. Wait. There's so much in my head that I got to. You say Al Pacino I is did. buried and nobody knows where. <laughs> no, the guy he played. The last played this guy in the head of the union. Somebody that played Al Pacino in Jack a biopic. Nicholson was played and nobody this. Nobody knows where he is. That's Jack what you're Nicholson. telling me. If I Google this, is this going to come up? How do I get more information on this? Let's move on. Okay, your show. That's my show, and we're going to move on. Um, so, you, so as a kid, what are you? Uh, where are you? Where's your head in the way in the world of humor? What are you seeing? Because you're younger. And what are you seeing that's making you go, who? Or is are you seeing anything that's making you go, oh, I'd like to tell people things that make them laugh or uh, what? what? It never occurred to me it was a career of any kind, but I knew I liked trying to be funny and I liked writing. And the idea that stand-up was both writing and performing was very exciting for me. So I took to it and I said, I'm going to do this no matter what. And okay. lucky for me, I've gotten to do Conan once. What? <laughs> What do you mean you liked, were you making kids laugh? Were you making your parents laugh? Were you doing that and going, hey, that feels good or what? Those are three very different questions. Was I making kids laugh? Was I making my parents laugh? And was I going, hey, that feels good? Yeah, yeah that about sums up my childhood in general. <laughs> but those are three very different stages of childhood. I want you know, answers to all of them. First you make your parents laugh. <laughs> then you make, your, your, you make other kids laugh. Yeah. And then... You hit an age. I don't know uh, if you know this, but um, real boys tend to hit an age where they start going from puppet to real boy, if mm. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah not wood anymore. So uh, how, how, were you, how did you say you said you like to make people laugh? Where did that originate? You know, I think the Greeks invented it, actually. With you! I, there was probably humor before then, but they really kind of gave it a name. I know. I can't pronounce it yeah, because that, I only speak English. That chorus and telling everybody what's happening in the play. So, tell us, where did you... What What's your memory of making people laugh to say, like, hey, I could do that. And you like to write. Why? Why? What were you... Were you writing things? Were you making up things? Writing little stories and... And then, and people were laughing at them. I mean, how does this all connect? There's a I remember I was there. I was very young, and I thought my parents were having a party. I didn't really understand what was going on, and I I kind of like went out from these like curtains that we had and started like doing some jokes, riffing, and they were good enough that this old guy was like, "Hey, come come on over here," and he brought me over. We sat down on the couch. He was behind a desk, and we. I, this is how I found out that my parents were actually friends with a man named Jonathan Carson. And uh, right at the youngest kid to ever get pulled over to the couch. And 
that was my first time ever making anyone laugh. I hadn't spoken at all up to that point. Fascinating. Jonathan Carson, ring yeah. some kind of a bell. I guess you had to be, uh, I don't remember if, um, and that was what year? That was 2063. <laughs> he ends up going. coming back, and then I end up going to the past. Oh, wow. Did you, uh, well, then uh, we're not going to get any answer about with that, are we? Hey, you know what, Lumwell, I'll, I'll do this, because Ray had told me that um, you knew about the road series, the movies. You knew about Crosby yeah. and Hope. Okay. Those are excellent. Yeah, the you're talking about like uh, name them uh, all. <laughs> there, well, I definitely can't name them all. But Ray challenged like Road to Morocco. Yeah, go ahead. Ray, Ray challenged me, and I got it. But oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I I'm Morocco. To, the my favorite is the one in Alaska, and I'm Utopia. trying to remember what it is. Utopia. Utopia. That's right. Um, yeah, Road to Utopia is my favorite. I've only seen a few, but I oh. I hope to. It's one of those things that I. You know, I don't want to burn through them. It's kind of nice that I know I'll get to I'll get to them bit by bit. You know, it's fascinating because they're all technically the same, but they're, they're all so perfect, so perfect. But that's true. The scary movie franchise as well. I don't think they're all good. The scary movie ones. In fact, the one I liked the most was the last one that uh, they did. Was that five? Are you telling me, are you going on record as having seen all of the scary movies? Parts of them, if not all of them. Wow. They, they didn't keep well me. done. That You you yeah. are a scholar. Beyond. I'm beyond. You you have no idea the library that I carry with me every time I talk about oh, these I things. I love it. But, but, but when he told me that, I went, well, you know, I liked Ian already by watching him. Now I know I like him more because he's obviously a study of comedy that goes further back than Adam, I forgot his name. Eve. See, think it was Adam, not um, uh, Adam, you know, Sandler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? What's funny is I didn't come to Adam Sandler until uh, much later in life because I was busy watching old weird stuff. Mm. And so I was I was already doing I, like I was familiar with Adam Sandler and I thought he was kind of funny. But like I hadn't ever been like I, I. I never I didn't get super into him and appreciate him until I was had been doing comedy for a few years. Wow. That's something because most people who uh, um, who appreciate him uh, don't wait that long i mean the, I, no for sure i think that, no no yeah, no he, i meant the other thing i was trying to insult him most people don't get to appreciate you know forget it I, all i'm saying is this i once had a comedian upcoming com comedian who he, he didn't just up and come he came he's gone i don't know was on this show and said uh and and asked him i thought you know who, when you decide to be a comedian he's a young guy and he said well he's, when i saw adam sandler and uh, I didn't say anything then. I went, oh, well, there's an inspiration for you. And when I asked him about certain things in comedy history, he had no idea what I was talking about. So when it came up that you knew, of all things, about the, uh, uh, the road series, I went, wow, he's looking at things and he's seeing important things, important comedy, <laughs> if you want you know? And there, there you are. Um, I mean, okay. If you wanna, if you wanna talk about this, let's definitely talk about this because I would say that those those movies are the are are a, a very good comparison to something like um, 
an Adam Sandler movie was or is in my lifetime, right? Like, it's kind of, uh, it kind of has a silliness. It kind of has, it's kind of like trying to break rules and and have kind of a, a fun thing like that. And and that's the audience it's it's really trying to get. Uh, they're clearly doing very different things and from very different times. And I don't think that Adam Sandler would be like, you know, I'm just like Bob Hope. No way. But I, I think that they, they share some DNA, you know? I don't know about, I don't know about that. Uh, that that's a, I mean, you know, Bob Hope, you know, a lot of people never saw the Bob Hope and Woody Allen and, and it's so obvious uh, to right. me. He covers it up with the Groucho marks and that makes yes. him seem very, yeah. uh, uh, you know, unique. Just I'm big on this on this thing about, uh, you know, uh, this stuff is available to people as it wasn't when I was growing up. Uh, I couldn't, like, you know, I, I had nowhere to go like the internet and look up, uh, pe- you know, comedians that or anyone beyond, you know, at my fingertips. People can do that today. I don't think there's any excuse right. for not having a, a clear idea of history or seeing what was done or what how done, you know. Um, so anyway, that I was impressed by that, uh, that you uh, knew it. I don't compare it to, I can't compare it to anything, to be honest with you, because uh, it, I don't see that kind of timing. And you notice there's not a lot of teams out there anymore in stand-up. Are there? Te- like teenagers? Teams. Oh, teams. 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 Yeah, like teams. teammates. Yeah, teams. I think that, that I think that kind of, I mean, Key and Peele, I, yeah. I think that there's always kind of a duo. And similarly, uh, like when James, when James Franco and Seth Rogen were making movies and they kind of felt like a duo, to me, that kind of reminds me of the road movies okay. where it's yeah. like, uh, you know, one is firmly comedic person and the other one is like famous person. And it's kind of fun that they're being comedic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There are like that. Uh, and then they were like that, too, because obviously they had huge solo careers, uh, you know, right. Crosby and the Hope. Uh, but um, anyway, I get a lot of guff from young comedians. I've worked with some young comedians here and there and wrote some jokes for people. And, and I get a lot of guff about uh, bringing up old. I don't even like the word old. I didn't like it when I was young. So... Uh, I, anyway, that all comes down to the fact that someone who could appreciate, not even like, but be somewhat entertained and see those movies and go, wow, this is different and those people are special and that's funny and that's stupid and that's so, and get through the whole movie, to me, is somebody who, is, you know, earns the right <laughs> to, uh, to be better at comedy than a lot of people who are, who are getting on stage today. But I don't, I don't want you to dis your, uh, you know, contemporaries. I I mean, I think I, I see it a little differently than you, but I, I, we both, we share the love of the older stuff, but mm-hmm. I also, um, if you watch the timing of someone like Anthony Jeselnik and then you watch a John Mulaney set and you just pay attention to their timing, you will be amazed at both of them. You've, you Okay, you bring up two who I happen to agree with you. Yeah, you see? Great. I, I do. Perfect. Absolutely. So I'm just, I'm just saying like... Both both of those uh, people have impeccable timing, and then you look at uh, someone like Chris Rock, who does not release comedy unless it's very clear he has pushed it 
in every angle right. to the degree that he can, you know, like yeah. he, he hits it as hard as he can. So right. it, it, there's so much great stuff happening always. And I, I, I also love looking back from there and I just did a deep dive on, on mom's Mabley. Right. And oh, like I had, wow. I was kind of familiar with her, but I like read <laughs> some more stuff and I just really piecing together where she kind of fit as a bridge from vaudeville to traditional standup. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is very, this is very comedy nerd stuff, but it's what I love to do. Well, that, I think it's nothing but, uh, uh, good for you to do. And, and well, I wish thank you. Every, Here's hoping. And I wish everybody did it. But then again, that you're doing and they're not doing it, I think gives you an edge. I, I, <laughs> I do. And, and when, so, so obviously I'm going, you know, I've got a lot of this stuff in my head and from my experience and then I'm seeing you and without knowing that I'm going, Hey, you know, there's something there. There's some depth there that I don't never saw in Adam Sandler ever, ever, ever. I don't care how big he gets and who likes him. I, he can't entertain me. There's no way he can entertain me. I've seen some of his movies that are okay, but in the context of movies, but he's still just, just Adam Sandler. Now, if you say, but I'll tell you something else. I'll, get you, I'll give you another person with the initials A.S., who I absolutely adore, and that's Andy Samberg. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, I, I mean... Have, there's, to me, it's how like... How did your dad feel about Jerry Lewis? Do you know? Uh, it was, he was, it was neither here nor there. I mean, he, okay. my Didn't father, hit him though, right? my father, I don't know what hit him <laughs> Fair. Okay. or who, I should say the, who. <laughs> the, my, my, the point I'm really getting at is I think Jerry Lewis like reached, uh, he, he was like on fire, you know, everybody loved him. He was making movie after movie and what he was really doing was kind of just like a super childish mm -hmm. character that was selfish and out and audacious. And it's, it's incredible. He's great at it. But to me that shares Adam Sandler shares an approach with that. Does that make sense? Like, it's like, he's also, uh, doing this kind of my dude adam sandler has a great joke in what i think is his first late night special where he says uh you know i just finished a 300 page book and that's a lot of coloring if you think about it hmm. and i love the misdirection of that that is so simple and so yeah it's a good joke uh, there's no doubt right about. for yeah. sure so it's a, a totally fair and you're definitely not alone in being like uh, Adam Sandler, not for me, but I, I don't know that you, there's people that felt that way about Bob Hope for sure. You know, Bob Hope. And I've been touting this book called Hope or Bob Hope. And I forgot the name of that author because he's so distant. There's a wonderful book out that every comedian should read because Bob Hope is for all due purposes, the father of stand up. period. So? Oh, I don't think so. You can read you you read this book and you know so. People never did these things, even on on vaudeville. Just get up and tell jokes. Uh, he opened up the entire industry, if it's an industry. I mean, he opened up the genre. The, the he opened, there were no stand-up comedians. There were guys who got up and fell down and put a a, a, a you know banana peel under them or a duck team that came out and went Bruh, and did those dokes and you know but uh, Bob Hope is the there would be no one if you made it made one of those charts it all goes back to Bob Hope 
and of course, it goes back I to think John. You can go further back than Bob Hope. You've got Will Rogers. You've got uh, there's I Will mean, Rogers like is Buster not... Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and They're Groucho not... Marx. The, those, I'm in... talking stand up. I know, but I'm saying like, yes, yeah, stand up was kind of like it was evolving out of that as it was coming out of vaudeville. But that's why somebody like Mobs, Moms Mabley is so interesting because yeah. she was a monog- uh, monologist in vaudeville doing what they called the Chitlin circuit. Right. And right. I, there, it, it, there's a long history and it's, this is not to disparage or take anything away from Bob Hope, who is immensely influential, but I, like Shelly Berman is also somebody that sometimes people will say, I brought us into a new age. Right. And like, there's something to that, right? In the same way that Richard Pryor, there is a before and after mm-hmm. Richard Pryor. There just is. And uh, you could say the same about Bob Hope, but what I love is I going like go even further back than that. Did you know that Shakespeare's bottom was written for a guy? It was like Shakespeare's comedic friend. He wrote he he like wrote him one of the most iconic comedy roles of all time. That it's uh, they, they would call little routines that were definitely not stand up, but kind of filled that space of stuff that would happen in between. They in, in a play, kids. in a play, in a sometimes play. in a play. It was it it it, it it's hard to compare entertainment in modern terms to that because, like, yeah, the stand the idea of stand up didn't exist, but like people that professionally told stories that were really just a series of jokes. Eddie Cantor is really famous for that. Uh, Eddie Cantor uh, is that whole era though. That's we're talking about that era. I mean, Bob Hope goes way back. Uh, you see, uh, is Eddie, you're, you're saying Bob yeah. Hope is older than Eddie Cantor. I'm sa- is that true? Yes. I mean, Bob Hope oh. was, we sure you didn't you didn't know him because we weren't on those little you know we didn't go to vaudeville and people didn't, didn't know him there wasn't the uh, an expansive uh you know uh media and so you were in a town and bob hope was there he was with a whole bunch of people you know vaudeville goes as you said it goes way back and sure shakespeare did a certain thing there's a great book about shakespeare too you know he has you know he never kept a diary or anything there's no way to know a Man. lot but there's a, a book called Will in the World, which, uh, which explains his life through his, uh, his uh, work. Anyway, let's not get to Shakespeare. Let's go back. Um, sure. Where, um, I'm not going to disagree with you that there, were, there was this, that, and the other thing, and there were people, sure, Buster Keaton was never a stand-up. He was, a, he was an acrobat. He was a comedian. He was a physical comedian. So, right, but I like what he did links closer to what modern improv is, and what Groucho was doing was somewhere in between both of those because both of those forms didn't exist as we know them, but it was still like, oh, people telling jokes, people telling stories. Um, it, I, I, I think that you know, stand up as we know it evolves in the last hundred years in a really interesting way. But it's a but I, I do think that type of uh, I'm obsessed with this comedian, Burt Williams, who hmm. W.C. Fields calls. Uh, he says he's the funniest person that he ever yeah. met. He said he was the funniest person and the saddest person. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was known for going out, 
telling jokes, singing songs, and doing pantomime. And, you know, that does not describe a modern stand-up comedian, but I think that what stand-up is born out of is, like, isolating part of what someone like him is doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh, it does, but, you know, Bob Hope was an actor. Yeah, I would say Burt Williams was definitely an actor. Okay. Burt Will- if you look up Burt Williams... His he has a pantomime act where he plays an entire I will say he is a black man in blackface uh, and that's its own topic. But I, I just I, if I'm going to tell people yeah, to go watch no. it, I want to make sure I say that. Yeah. Um, but that's a routine. He's a routine. He has a uh, I mean, Bob Hope stood there with nothing but words. Uh, I mean, nothing. He didn't do anything. What's the, what's the, the, the difference? So, OK, compare him to Will Rogers then. Compare him to Will, Will Rogers was not necessary. Will Rogers was a satirist. He wrote, uh, he wrote satire. He did politics. He did uh, a lot of things. Uh, he did rope tricks, and I mean, he was known as a cowboy and a guy, and he became this American spokesman and got involved in politics and things. Uh, that's not a stand-up. I, I mean, who is who is his? Who is him today? I mean, George Carlin got close to to that type of thing. But George Carlin. You're like, who's the modern Will Rogers? Yeah. Uh, Is there a modern Will? Oh, I mean, you could say, I mean, you could say that uh, if you're talking about like being very funny on social issues, I think someone like Chris Rock is a great example of that. Um, Well, he's also after Bob Hope, so Will Rogers doesn't count. Okay, fair enough. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, part part of what it is too is that you're talking about a period when we are able to record voice and film for the first time ever. And so it means that we can appreciate Bob Hope comedy in a way that we can't for the people that were 15 years his senior. Wait, say that again. I didn't get that that complete thought. (laughs) Say it again. Uh, Like, this is good. People were, recording didn't exist before that, right? Like audio recordings, um, start as in Bob Hope's lifetime, start getting developed to a point where you can do radio, you know, yeah. like radio for Bob Hope is, uh, it was big. Yeah. It was a big thing yeah, for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so you see this trend of as, uh, technology and things advance, um, the way that trains changed how acts could travel and tour is huge, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's still a long time before recording. Mark Twain went around and did what you and I would think of as stand-up, which was standing there with stories he had written, kind of made up, kind of the truth, and would give like an hour and a half talk on- Which he never would have done, but it never would have happened if he hadn't been a popular author. He started, no, that, no, he did that before he had gotten famous as an author. He started doing that. He got the reason that he he hit big as an author is because you can pass a book around. You don't have to be there every night. You like he, he basically realized like, oh, God, I want to tell stories. I love telling stories. If I want these stories to make me money, yeah. I need to make them that's something that people can read anywhere. I guess we, we need to define I'm my def- definition of stand up is so basic so it's it doesn't even involve uh uh you know gimmicks or things to hold or props my it's like it's just standing up in front of people and saying 
You know, I, I met a guy the other day on the street and this, that, 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 and left and no left. And by the way, yeah, that's what that's what Mark Twain would do. It was story. it was well, he was a storyteller though. He was a storyteller. It wasn't just what's, the, what. So what is the difference? Oh, what's the difference? You know, stand up is not a storyteller. It's just a if he's putting jokes together in uh, in in. It's not a story. It's a thought. They're talking about what they think, what they feel about, what they feel about things. They're not getting up and saying, there was a man that I had been. And then we get into guys like Gene Shepard later on, who's on radio. And um, I know Gene Shepard. The, you... the play A Thousand Clowns is about him. A Thousand Clowns could be about Is it about him? No, it know. is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Okay. That was written. Uh, yeah, that's about that Gene Shepard. Um, Gene Shepard was very offended by it. I'm sure he was. He was quite a... Um, quite a, but also a Gene Shepard. Yeah, that's a Christmas story, and <laughs> sure, uh, right, sure. that's more like uh, who is the storyteller, uh, radio guy, the Midwest Lake. Yeah, the, you mean the guy who got kicked off because of, the, of sexual uh, Jace, Jamie? That's half the people we've talked about so far. <laughs> <laughs> Garrison, Garrison, right? That guy, Keeler, Garrison Keeler. Okay, there yes, you go. I got one. It. I got half of the name. I remembered. Isn't that something? Uh, yeah. That's not stand up to me. I mean, I'm I, all I'm saying, and I'm and what I'm I'm not quoting the person who wrote the book, but all the evidence is there that he proved you can do something like that, and others followed because they saw him, and and, and it became a thing you could do as opposed to having a partner or having a. a prop or doing or getting the song for the thing it was it was it was taking a piece of vaudeville that nobody cared to do alone by on its own which is just standing up and telling jokes which then he incorporated into being uh, a moderator you know they said well we should get bob hope you introduce him because he had jokes and went there um and you know it's uh, today when someone gets up and all they do is tell jokes see you had uh, you had some gimmicks and things you were more than a stand-up uh, what I saw was more than a stand-up. I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I don't, it's, to me, it's like a genre of music, you know? If it helps people understand what they're looking at, great, but it doesn't have anything to do with what I'm trying to do. Does that make sense? Like, you know, I want people to laugh, and if they don't yeah. laugh, then it's not working, and that's the bottom line to me. Right, and I'm just saying that the, uh, that the definition of stand-up goes back to one guy standing up and telling jokes, Period. <laughs> and the person who brought that into the um, into show business, per se, at least in the modern times, I don't want to go. But who knows? I mean, going right about Mel Brooks, uh, you know, the history of the world when there were stand-ups in Rome. I don't, you know, I don't know who are these people. We don't know, but we have documented the fact that this guy, who was English by the way, all the time he was working in America. I don't know if he ever became an American citizen, which is odd, because uh, he's uh, British. Um, so I'm, I, you know, and I read this book and I go, wow, everybody thinks at least generations I grew up with said like, ah, oh, Bob Hope, yeah, he's that right wing guy who goes over it, you know, and it's like, and they don't understand because by that time Bob Hope was, you know, just running on empty fumes, uh, running on fumes, not empty fumes. That's like, uh, that's like, uh, uh, that's like saying it's a void and what's worse, it's an empty void. Uh, but uh, so anyway, we don't have to talk about Bob Hope this much. I, uh, Bob Hope and Bing Crosby, uh, 
Well, we don't really talk about Bing Crosby. They did a whole show about Bing Crosby and what people don't know about That's him. Fun. And how he influenced a show business, which uh, few people know. But let's not... Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read as much about Bing Crosby. I know, I mostly know, you know, the, the songs that you would expect me to know and then his work on the uh, on the road movies. Yeah, he goes, yeah, well, yeah, it goes. I'll just say this one thing about Bing Crosby, okay? This, he's the first person ever to record a show and put it on radio. Everything was live. but wow. the, And there's a reason why Bing Crosby did that. And it goes back to the reason that Bing Crosby sings the way he does. Because before Bing Crosby, I may add, now we're going to talk about Bing Crosby. Before Bing Crosby, do you remember see those old, those old with the guys with the, the uh, megaphones or whatever they were? You know, those cones that they sang through, like Rudy Valley, right? You've ever oh. seen, you've seen Oh, right? okay. I think I know what you mean. Uh, well, like an early record player kind of vibe? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, like they with had, the dog next to it. They yes, like the yeah, Victrola. Well, that's yeah. a Victrola, but I mean, they guys like uh, Rudy Valley used to sing through, uh, used to sing through a uh, this cone, so that the their voice went out there. So they had to sing loud, and it had to go out there through this thing. Like if I put a you know if I rolled up a magazine like that and I sing like that, right? You know, uh, and would go out there, okay, which meant that they couldn't phrase things. They couldn't truly sing. They just had to get be loud. They had to be loud so people could hear them, okay? And then, and then came Bing Crosby, and he said, and the microphone. And because there became a microphone, singing itself changed because you could sing lower. You'll never hear oh, Bing Crosby. I see. Yeah. Interesting. No screaming and yelling. But right? He could, and his expression was like, nobody, does. who's singing like that? Well, now that there's, because the first time guys like Rudy Valley saw a microphone, they went, oh, oh, and they know what to do yeah. with it, you know? And wow. so Bing Crosby and a microphone changed the entire world of, uh, of singers. Okay, and as for recording, he's a he has a huge uh, uh, history in recording because before him, uh, people people weren't even uh, taping things and putting my all radio was live, you know. But he bought into um, a company in it was Germany. He bought into a company called Ampex because he saw these machines they were making. Now, who would have thought this is Bob, this is Bing Crosby who brings these machines to the United States and says, well, from now on, we're going to be, we don't even have to be there. Let's do the show one, put it on tape. And not only that, we can cut it and edit it. No one knew this. Wild. <laughs> okay. So these kind of things are what make, to me, make these uh, fundamental uh, cat people. Uh, they're, you know, uh, whatever Hope did for a stand-up, even if it was just making it popular, he didn't do it. He, you know, it's like he just did it. It's like Elvis shaking his legs because he saw some people shaking their legs. He saw some uh, black people when he was, you know, then uh, in Baton Rouge and seeing all these people the way they were. So he just took it. But he's the one who made it popular. Same thing with Bob Hope. And Bing Crosby went beyond that because there were no crooners before him because everyone had to scream, you know? That's wild. Uh, so, yeah, so there's, uh, um, and yet, like I said, uh, young people today don't think about any, about the history of anything, I think, in show business. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I like I I love this stuff dearly, and also it's like, well, maybe they're learning about something more important than I am. <laughs> more... <laughs> Yeah, well, they probably understand that, how their car works a lot better than I do. <laughs> no, listen, I did a show. Listen, I did a show a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was some time. I don't know when it was. And the show was is this. The whole two hours is this, maybe an hour and a half. I don't know how anything works, and neither do you. And I That's think, that, yes, because we learn how to operate things. We don't know how they work, right? Yeah, that's true. And, 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 you know, as I took everyone through a day of their lives, everyone's lives, you know, and once in a while there was something someone knew because they were a professional and they studied in that area. Everyone else, nobody else knows anything. Sure. I mean, yeah, the, the way that you and I are communicating, if we had to explain it to George Washington, uh, it would, there would be so many layers, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He'd be like, wait, okay, stop. You're saying the thing from lightning, electricity. <laughs> yeah. Benjamin Franklin was right about that. And it's like, yeah, that's nothing, okay? Because I got to get to a computer. And it's like, I'm trying to get to Wi-Fi, where I basically can tell him <laughs> what everything that's ever been thought is just floating in the air around him. But don't worry, it's somehow not dangerous. I don't know how. I can't explain it. Yeah. That's 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 the best uh, analogy I could think of. Try to tell people from men because you don't know. You don't know how to tell them because you don't know how it works. We you know, we we even, you know, the Internet. When when I started this show, there was no Internet radio. All right. And and oh, the only it's this show started when uh, broadband came about. So there was already the Internet. But then broadband yeah. that opened up everything because now we could record things. Things went faster. Is what happened. Mm. Uh, see, things started to go faster. Before that, it was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, the modem, and then you had to wait and wait, and then the bytes came up, and every time you played something, it would stop because it only go eight bytes at a time, which is what byte means, eight, you know, at a time, and then you'd have to wait. And, the, and nothing worked like it did or does now. And this is in our lifetime what happens. We can't explain why that didn't work so well and why this worked so well. I don't know. Think zeros and ones. Who, I mean, digital, right? Digital math was around for years and no one figured this out. So Fair enough, yeah. Right? Uh, so what we're looking at is, I think it's important to know where things uh, uh, came from. And, and, have, and in comedy, I truly think, because, you know, there's so much, you know, it waters itself down. It just it waters itself down. People try to get wackier and wackier and wackier, and then uh, but the person who just stands up and tells the joke is actually that original stand-up person. Which, you know, the tree goes back to uh, the, the the family tree goes back to at least the most famous one who could do it and followed everyone else, and that'd be Bob Hope. Now you have uh, see you have uh, uh, from what I saw. And I, I looked around. I can't see any other things you've done. I don't, you know, I hear about you doing the shows and everything, and I can't go to them. Uh, so I don't know where else to see you doing a lot of that stuff. And, and I don't know why that stuff, he gave you a, a long time there to be on, too. That was good. Why, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel very grateful. Uh, why? Yeah. So let's get back to you and get away from mystery. Where, uh, how come that? Hasn't led to more. 
spot. I don't know, Frank. Why hasn't your work led you to more? <laughs> My work has led me up and down and all around. <laughs> I would love, I would love right? for it to lead to more. I'm working on it, man. Well, <laughs> I guess I. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know I have. I've been get an agent or what do you feel about the competition honestly from you is that what do you think you are inside thinking you're special as everyone wants to think they are inside of whatever uh, uh, routine professional whatever they do what do you think is happening out there I want your estimation what do I, I think wanna, is I happening wanna, with in comedy the, yeah in that, whole, in that whole deal of comedy stand up people who do that and have to go around to places and then eventually acting we've done that so I want to shut up and just hear you. I think that there's always an ebb and flow of comedy. And I think that uh, the com comedy is kind of um, a last consideration of, of show business. You know, when the the no, people don't care what, what happens to the jester, you know, the kings are fighting. Netflix is mm. is having a tough time right now. And three years ago, Netflix seemed like an impenetrable fortress. I assumed that Netflix was going to be like Google, and now Amazon is spending billions on Lord of the Rings. I like it's going to be a few years before we really get what the landscape is. I would say things are in flux right now. How are comedy places doing? Uh, comedy like comedy clubs and places yeah. that have comedy. Yeah, how is how is that whole stand up? Can somebody get, hit the road and make any kind of living, even though you have to live like a bum? Uh, there's road comics, absolutely, yeah, and people people tour. I, if you're more famous than I am, then you probably are able to tour pretty regularly and make pretty good money at it. And it might not be the only thing that you do, but also it might be. Um, well, and then if you, there there are there, there are hardworking blue collar comedians. Yeah that uh, are definitely out there. I came up in Chicago and I got to see um, so many people that have done so many different types of standup. You know, mm -hmm. there are, there are folks that have spent two decades at their local comedy club getting great. And they uh, are doing their version of, of what they, they, like about stand-up you know um and sometimes they'll look like a big weirdo or and sometimes they'll look like a, a shocking one-liner guy and sometimes they'll be but the, the the joy of it is that there are kind of these uh people get drawn towards different areas of it um it's definitely possible it's not easy and uh, i don't it was think never easy it was never easy to just you know hit the road totally. And, and you know, but are there people out there who are like taking the the, the, the minimal you know, pennies or whatever it is and going from? Uh, well, are there even, are there that many comedy clubs anymore? I think That's that coming out of the eighties, the eighties was like the yeah yeah comedy was the new rock and roll right at that right in the eighties. Ian <laughs> Ian Abrams the oh, trends oh there he goes. Well, you got disconnected and reconnected. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Um, Go ahead. So in yeah, coming out of the 80s, uh, cable places like Comedy Central started popping up. And um, that meant that there was a lot more comedy on television. And that meant that you didn't have to go to a comedy club to see stand up. And again, it was a, it was a time of flux, you know. 
Um, you hear stories of people, club owners being like, go on stage because if if one person comes in, we need them to think that the show has already started. Mm. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that's those like I I have heard more than one person tell that story. You know, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that and similarly right now, you know, three years ago, having a Netflix special was like the it was like, right, that's like the the best version of a of a special, maybe. Right. I mean, maybe that wasn't absolutely what was uh, agreed upon, but it was certainly in the running, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Netflix is figuring out how it survives in general, you know, yeah. it, it's much more concerned about the new season of Stranger Things and how that uh, <laughs> develops than yeah. um, than breaking any I, ground. Yeah, right. So I don't so I don't know what it looks like five years from now, but that's exciting to me. We'll see what happens. Do you go on uh, do you go on auditions or do you go to places? I mean, how do you keep your comedy in front of people going? So, I mean, um, auditions, you mean like for clubs and, and stuff? Well, for anywhere that you could be in front of an audience and uh-huh. work your magic. Well, I mean, I live in Los Angeles, so that means I audition for like TV and movies and stuff like that. Um, and you've done some TV. I have, yeah. 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 Um, so that the, the way that works is uh, a typical comedian might... Um, try to audition on that front as much as they can. And then they try to perform uh, wherever the most natural fit is for them. You know, it might be like, Ooh, I like the vibe of the comedy store. And it might be, there's, there's a thriving clown scene at the Elysian right now. And (laughs) it's a very different experimental theatrical vibe. And there's some really interesting work coming out of there. So it's very different than what you would get at the comedy store. Mm -hmm. But the audiences that go to those two places are, are excited that, that the genres are what they are. Thriving comet, a car, clown, what vibe? What was uh, it? I, 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 like a scene, like a clown scene. Well, what was you know? the original? Like, what was the original thing you said? There's a thriving, thriving clown, clown scene. Scene, okay. Well, that's that's great. Then there's a phrase you've just got to write down. I got to keep yeah. the thriving clown scene. <laughs> that alone is funny. Now, uh, okay, that maybe we could do a show on that. Go see more of it, and tell me, and we'll do a show together. The thriving clown scene. Because that sounds great. Uh, well, then, what do you do to? Uh, I mean, you just I don't I just don't know. I'd be lost. As, it's like being a musician today, which is way different than when I was a musician. And you know, they brought your band and they paid you to play at various places. You know, and uh, uh, everything has changed so much. I wonder how people uh, work at what they do. I think I, I okay. I think I get what what well, what you're where where you're heading now. I think I understand. I guess the answer right now is that a lot of comedians are building out things like Patreon pages and I mm-hmm. uh, build building up, figuring out how to advertise on Instagram or YouTube and get an audience that they can engage with directly in that way. So rather than using something like Netflix. Um, they, they might just release their special on YouTube, and that is the savvy move for them right now. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that that's not true of everyone. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's it's a complicated, weird time, you know? Like, it's not like it's a bad idea to get an HBO special right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's very few slots for that, and there's more comedians than that, and anyone can upload a YouTube special. Right, so right. maybe if you take the time and money to do it right, that might be worth it. Well, that's what, uh, yeah. Looked at okay, so... Let's look at the, this routine you did on Conan. Yeah. Uh, did you perform that in front of anybody who would put you on stage anywhere since then? Or, do you, or I mean, have, has anybody else said that that's the kind of, can you do that on uh, this show or that thing? Or can you do that in my club? I mean, are, are, are there people looking out, finding these things or what? Or if you went and showed that to somebody at the comedy store, would they say like, oh, we'll give you a spot on this? Because, I mean, how could it, you know, I was like, what? How, why not? Um, how, how does that it's, work? It's it's probably more that uh, Conan's booker would see that, uh, oh, this person is performing a lot in L.A. and they're paying attention to who's doing well and what kind of things they're doing. And they're thinking, oh, what would be good for the show? What's a good fit for, for Conan? And Kimmel's Booker is doing the same thing because that's going to be a kind of different vibe. And so it's less that doing that um, <laughs> will get you that kind of work. It does help you when if I can say to a club, hey, I have a Conan credit, um, then they they might say, OK, great. That can help us kind of uh, advertise to our local comedy fans and um that's, you know, a factor. But also, I guess what I'm saying is in that same way, if somebody has two million Instagram followers because of comedy they do on Instagram, mm -hmm. they probably also are doing a good job of getting folks out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a thing about followers that happens. It's happening with everyone. And that was once what uh, was once uh, exclusive to porn people. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, why is it there an OnlyFans for comedians and uh, and and uh, and musicians? What you know? What are the OnlyFans? I, I think that's what I'm doing right now. I think I'm on your version of that, aren't I? <laughs> I yeah. Hey, it's history. This is going to be on a lot of stations over the next week. At right. obviously not okay, everyone for me. <laughs> not not uh, not live, but uh, it will be on. And you know, uh, and in Canada, I'm on uh, what four five times a week. Uh, nice. And sometimes twice a day, and at certain uh, uh, in Quebec, um, but uh, to French station, and nobody understands. No, 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 I didn't mean that. Uh, but still, so yeah, you'll be heard. But now that there are so many voices, there's so much going on because of the internet uh, that uh, maybe I answered my own question when I was saying, it's you know, just, uh, it, it's just a different landscape, and I think it's changing a bit. You're definitely picking up on the fact that it's a. Uh, uh, it's hard to know exactly um, what the path forward might be, but it's it's there. Doesn't it? Doesn't a but all comedy clubs? How many comedians are there anyway? I mean, comedy clubs have like how many a night? You can have what? You can have five, six a night. What do they don't give them a half hour each? Right? They just give you a set. Got to come up with a set that what? Good ten minute set period to get there. What? They, I mean, so every club kind of does it their own way, but I would say the basic, if you're going to a comedy club, which is not the only kind of place to see comedy these days, mm. but it's, uh, it's a type, it's like a genre of comedy almost. Um, they probably have a host who does maybe 10 to 15 minutes. 
Uh, and then there's a feature act who does somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. And then there's a headliner who does an hour or more. And um, at a comedy club. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that's like that's like a if you're not in a major city and you have a comedy club like i'm talking like that that's not how it works necessarily at la and new york mm -hmm. but like okay. um places even as big as san francisco the punchline in san francisco probably has a night it might it might have a few guest spots in there which are like i uh, five to 10 minute sets that they're doing up. They might have two features with each doing 15 minutes instead of mm. one person doing 30 minutes. Mm. But that's usually the, the basic framework for a club show as I understand it. Mm. Uh, okay. Okay. Cause I, you know, my impression, I guess I'm well, but they still have open mic where like anybody comes in and says they still have those things. Yeah. If you, m most clubs kind of have their own system for something like that. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the club and how they want to do it. There's usually some kind of an audition process and usually the booker would be paying attention to that and watching uh, local comics get uh, slowly get better. And then they'll be like, you know what, this person's been working really hard. I'm going to give them a guest spot on this, this weekend coming mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And then they kill it at that. And that happens three more times. And then the booker's like, you know, how would you like to host this weekend? And I, uh, maybe they do that for a few years where they're, they're hammering away at getting really good at hosting and then trying to work at becoming a, a feature and then slowly towards a headliner. And where That's did you first do, where did you stand up in front of anyone there? Was it in San Diego or LA or, or where did you stand up as a stand up comedy, a comedian? Would you, what was your first, Time. First time I ever did stand up yeah. was uh, open mic in college. Um, most people were doing poetry or music. I think there was one other person doing comedy. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like I <laughs> I changed the world that day. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it was uh, it I, I that that set went like you would expect somebody doing comedy for the first time went where it was like. I tried and it's not like it was horrible. I didn't, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't uh, do so poorly that um, I was booed off or anything, but also it was a very small and supportive environment, you know? Was it, you was encouraging though? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. with, with comedy, I think most of the time you're not up against people hating you as much as you are them just kind of being indifferent, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they can love me. They either got to love you or hate you because if it's anything in between, they just don't care. And that's, yeah. worse. And that's worse. That's not me. That's William Faulkner. But he drank a lot. So you, so after that, you did some more? What did you do after that? When you said, okay, I might try this elsewhere or I could do this or I'll work on some material. What did you do then? I... I mean, it was a slow process of a few years as I was wrapping up my time at college thinking what I want to do with my life. And um, I knew I loved writing. I knew I loved performing. And I liked trying to be funny, even when it didn't go great. Mm -hmm. I just would like friends and stuff. So I started trying to learn about how do people do that? What does that look like? And I probably... Um, I dug deep into research, you know, and being like, how do people actually do this? Right. What can I, how can I dig up old interviews? What 
I I read Steve Allen's How uh, to Be Funny. You I, know, you like, said I was just gonna say. I swear to you, I was just gonna say. You know, Steve Allen wrote a book called How to Be. And yeah, you, got, you went. And yeah. Read it. Wow. Oh, I that was one of the yeah. first comedy books I read. Yeah. Um, so I just went through anything that I could, trying to uh, learn as much as I could and take in as much as I could, with the idea that I was going to move to Chicago and do as much comedy as I could. And so I did that for a few years. Okay, now wait, you I did came... that? Hold on, you did that for a few years. This is like, you can't just say a few years. If you went there to do comedy and you did another job or you were, what, what were you doing to keep, the, what were you fueling uh, the uh, comedy with and what, where did you get some work? A few oh, years. I mean, yeah, yeah, I was definitely, when I moved to Chicago, I knew it was, I was not going to be making money in comedy anytime right soon i was there to get better and to learn and to grow and you said a few to, years though this is what i mean so so what yeah. you must have done a lot of comedy oh yeah yeah okay. yeah some so, some weeks i would get up like 15 times a week i just was doing it was all i did where where in chicago yeah yeah i mean where did everywhere. you everywhere i would be huh? i would go they had a lot of that I, big community for that for stand-ups they have an unbelievable community for my, I mean, listen, I, it's kind of like being part of a fraternity. So of course I think my fraternity is the best, right. but with that said, I love Chicago. I think it's the best comedy city. I'm allowed to say that because yeah, they rule, you know, it goes back to, uh, Elaine, uh, nickel. It goes back to Nichols. Nichols, and May, Nichols you know and what May, I mean? right. It goes back further than that, but that's like, they were in the Compass Players, which uh, it's like the begats in Genesis, you know, that begat uh, the Second City folks, which begat mm -hmm. the I.O. folks, which begat the Annoyance and, and UCB. And there we are, folks, the quickest version of the broadest strokes of Chicago comedy history. OK, OK. So, so there was uh, were there uh, groups or was this stand up uh, type things or were there groups that got together, comedians got together to make. Groups. I was an on and off member of War Babies. I, I have no idea why anyone would remember them, but uh, oh, I, was that a sketch group? Yeah. Oh, where did you guys perform? Uh, where was I? I was well. This is in New York. We were all over New York. Nice. Uh, and uh, that was that was during uh, the it was the second Nixon. It was right the second Nixon administration because we did a lot of free uh, uh, stuff for. Uh, I forgot his name. See what's happening to me. Who ran against Nixon the second time? I got I forgot it anyway. Uh, McCarthy. 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 Oh, Mc, right. That's it. Mc something. <laughs> anyway. Yes, McDonald's. The, the point is, the point is, yeah, there were groups. There's still groups like that because that was, that was big back then. And peop, those people all went on to their own uh, lives people in groups oh we're in a golden age of sketch that's uh yeah that's there yeah. there's so much sketch being made on places like tiktok and instagram and then there's also more traditional sketch groups i'm running a sketch show I at was the alamo yeah. draft house these yeah days. tell tell us about that so this is a that thing on mondays is that the thing on mondays that you, you... no i i that that was just a stand-up show that i did on on monday um i was just working out a new hour um oh the, good. we can't see that though that's that's still out there right the the new hour no that's I, that you, you know that's a that's a work in progress right. you know okay. i'm uh okay. stand up requires you to do it a lot of different times because if you do it alone you haven't learned the important 
pieces right. of what's working and what's not working yet. Yeah, Ray told it's me different about from music in that way. Ray told me about the sketch thing. Tell everybody about the sketch thing then. What you yeah, about. so once a month at the Alamo Draft House, which is a popular movie chain, we do it at the the downtown LA location. We parody two movies, uh, trying to give. Uh, trying to shine a spotlight on movies that aren't ever going to get a ride at Disneyland, you know? Yeah, yeah We did uh, The Prestige and Rambo 2, <laughs> for example, and we mashed them together and we had all kinds of fun. The, the team is really, uh, it's not just me. I kind of act as like a Crypt Keeper-like host, if you remember the Crypt Keeper from the EC <laughs> Comics. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, like... I'm kind of like, oh, and then here's this next thing and this next thing. And we have some incredible uh, sketch writers, performers. There's an amazing art team that's making props for us. There's, It's really, it's fun. There, It's very physical and it can get very weird. And uh, it's both experimental and then also just kind of a fun, wild party. These are the same group of people? It's just a troop, a little troop you have going there? The same group every month, you yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's, uh, you know, people kind of, people in L.A. are busy, so we I try to make it so that if someone's shooting a commercial or they're particularly busy or something, there's enough, the, the, the bench is deep enough that um, people can kind of, like, step in and step out in that way a little bit. Mm. That's what I try, at least. Well, that's good, because, like anything else, uh you have to be doing it. That's what I was getting at before in terms to what else are you doing because you have to be doing it and working on an hour that when you finally get down to, I don't know, 40 minutes, really tight, uh, right? I mean, that could be the one that gets you a spot here or there. So, But I'm saying you got to do this. You can't just sit back and write a couple of jokes and say, I got some new jokes, so I'll go do it, right? I mean, it... it I think people want different things out of stand-up, right? Like, I think that I... I don't know. What? I, yeah, I mean, like, if you if you want to be performing comedy, then I... Yeah, you can't just write a couple jokes, you know? <laughs> you have to yeah. you have to really work at writing the best jokes you can, and you have to not stop <laughs> ever. Now, before, before the clown scene was thriving, how did that start? And what exactly is the thriving clown scene in 10 years there will be a book about it and i bet you'll read it then that's my honest to god answer i i you don't know what's the answer i'm not i I, like i'm not the historian to lay out the full um the full path but i i think that uh you know it's like a very cool hip thing that has a lot of well what is it people people come out and clown out i mean give me what is it what is clown? Uh, yeah, when I it's think, called clown, what's the clown? Yeah, saying? so it, it's, I think it's it's closer to Cirque du Soleil clowning than uh, stand-up, really? if that helps. It's really? kind of like, a, you might you might say it kind of has like a punk rock Cirque du Soleil kind of vibe. Oh, so people are doing uh, stand-ups, and I mean, they're not stand-ups. They're doing headstands, and they're, are they throwing pins, bowling pins, juggling with bowling? What are they doing? Or are they dressed up? Do they have paint on their face? Is it a yeah? They they, okay. they definitely That's the clown. yeah. It's a, it's a whole other form, you know. In the same way that stand-up and improv are different, clown is different from both of those two. Wow! So they could do. Uh, you know, <laughs> so they if they were always dressed like clowns, 
let's say they did they wanted to do the first uh, or uh, the most popular three scenes in Romeo and Juliet and they would just all be clowns and do it. I mean, yeah, I mean, clown, that, is that a, it has a, a looser definition than maybe we're, we're used to. It's uh, a clown goes out and they make sure that they are, it's clear to the audience that they are, uh, that they are a clown, that they look ridiculous. They want the audience to understand that. That doesn't right? have to mean white makeup and a red nose and the kind of like rainbow costume that we're used to. It doesn't. So okay. then they, they might just have on like a giant muumuu. Okay. You know? Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I see the clown thing. Yeah. But they, but they all dress in that clown closet. That's stuff. right. So the thing that's, do you know where that originated? Did you, did one guy come out or one gal come out or one, you know, any other kind of idea, they, gender? I'm identified? telling you, you gotta, you gotta wait for the book. I'm not going to write it though. So but, but you've I, seen I, it. I haven't you've done seen, that research. But you've seen it. I just want, I'm just trying to. I know, yeah. I, the, the, the answer is long and boring. Okay. And when somebody <laughs> writes it as a book, it's going to be much more, okay. it's going to be much more engaging. But will there I be clowns? There was a, a legendary clown teacher in France and uh, some of his students started coming out okay. to L.A. I think that uh, the Cirque world has has been doing all kinds of great things for a very long time sure. now, you know? Sure. Um, things like the Blue Man Group have kind of been in a similar space in the zeitgeist. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's my, do you have any, I have a Blue Man Group joke. Yeah, hit me. Okay. How would we tell if the Blue Man Group were freezing to death? Wow. I like that. <laughs> there you go. That's good. How could you just... Now, what is it? Is that thought humor? Do people have to think? They have to think about it? To, well, I guess everybody... At the time I wrote it, I didn't think anybody knew the Blue, group, Blue Man group enough. <laughs> so it would be... Fair enough. But... Uh, so you're right, though. That's that kind of thing. Because the Blue Man Group are a group. They're good musicians. They they, they do this stuff, but they come out all painted as, in, in blue. So they're the Blue Man Group. Remember when rock and roll tried to do things like that? Remember the young rascals were once dressed like the young rascals when they came out. They dressed Ooh. like, yeah. When they came out, they're from Brooklyn, where I was from, and, and we they became very popular, in the, obviously while uh, everybody else was just still playing dances and everything. And, uh, yeah, and they if you look at some of their early videos, which you can see, uh, you know, they're dressed with the, uh, like the kids in the 30s with the, the, the knickers and the things. That was the, you know, it was a kick, as opposed to just coming out and playing their rock and roll. They came yeah. out like the young rascals, or they didn't, couldn't call themselves the little rascals, because I guess somebody owned the name, you know? yeah. Hal Roach. And there was a group uh, uh, called the Bo Brummels at one time, and they came out dressed like uh, those guys in the, in the English snobbery, uh, you know, that stodgy type thing. And, the, and, and Paul Revere, Revere and the Raiders, for God's sake, they came That's out, fun. right? Yeah. They were dressed, uh, came out dressed like revolutionary uh, Americans. Sure. So it was that kind of thing. Cool. Well, yeah, but, you know. But that's what you're talking about. So the Cirque people are coming out. And uh, so maybe we'll have uh, live groups. That Was there ever a live group that dressed up like that clowns? And I don't think anybody ever did that. Maybe they did it in fr France. So that's a whole different, uh, you know, that's where we got uh, uh, 
lots of things. There's a band from the 70s that kind of did that called the Banana Splits. Ah, I think I've heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that gimmick. But still, you had to be entertained by the music. You know, we went so far with how they looked. But they didn't do things like, uh, you know, wearing costumes per se, as you're talking about. So they're coming, these, uh, so the circus, the clown scene uh, could have originated in, in, uh, that makes sense to me. So you did a little history right there. God, he came from Paris or or France or Marseille or anywhere else in uh, Paris. I haven't told anyone, but I'm going to, here's a a break. We're not going anywhere, but this is uh, Catolo Chronicles. Ian Abramson, A-B-R-A-M-S-O-N. If you're that's right. Googling it or or I mean, people say Google. Nobody says any if you're Yahooing it, because that's a search engine, right? Nobody yeah, well, we were just talking about Bing Crosby. And nobody bings it, right? To, right. Nobody bings it. Uh it's funny how these things Well, it's happen. been it's been great to get to do this, Frank. I this has been a, a, a true treasure. What uh, when when are you on next? Uh, hopefully next Thursday. I don't know who will be on, but uh, uh, with me, or if I'll just you know do an hour and a half myself. I it's the way I that's the way it runs. Yeah, it's the way it goes. But I love I, it. That's I, the grind. I want you, you you're back. Doing it. Uh, I want you back again. Uh, Let's do it. Keep uh, keep up with what's happening. If we put a panel together, once in a while we put a panel together, which is fun. We get up a topic, and then we start talking on the topic, and then wherever it goes, it goes. I would like to have that. Sounds it. very fun. Right. Hey, if I'm free, I'm in. All right, I'll start working some of that stuff uh, out for you. In the meantime, where else? What else can people do? For uh, what about your Twitch thing? Tell me, are you on Twitch every week or month or what? Yeah, I've been seeing a doctor about it. It's something to do with my neck. Um, thank you very much for having me, Mr. Cotolo. So you're not going to wait a second. You're not I on? appreciate you, and I hope that I never meet another Frank as long as I live. Are you uh, going to be – is there anything uh, I could tell people to do? Twitch? Do you have Twitch you're on? Tell them where to go what? Oh, if you – also are experiencing a twitch what helped me is i <laughs> my primary care physician i just made an appointment told right. them where it was we've been running tests and we're figuring it out they think it's either stress or the fact that i consume 10 times the amount of cocaine uh, coffee coffee i do no cocaine i can't believe i almost said that uh so you're not on twitch the 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 platform not since seeing my doctor no <laughs> Okay, we'll do with it. You know what, people, Bing him or Google him or Yahoo him or That's excite him. Right. Get what on a, the road to Bing Crosby. What happened to excite? You do. Excite him. There's a good one. There's a search engine. Excite. They still have it. Excite Love him. Abramson. Okay, and I'm gonna let you go. Thank you for uh, spending okay, time. Do me a favor and ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, that is a cool. Yes. Good. Ian had to go. I think it was obvious. And, you know, we went a little uh, further than we usually do. And that's great. It's great having Ian on. We will have Ian on again. We'll talk. And it'll all be terrific. This quality, now I'm going to tell uh, Skype that the quality is terrific. And uh, and it works. And in the meantime, uh, we'll, uh, we're here on Catola Chronicles. I have no idea who's on next week. Or if anyone's on next week, as I told Ian Abramson. But in the meantime, in between time... That's that for now. My name is Frank.
here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? And you know, I, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Frank! Frank! <laughs> my name is Frank. Frank! Every week that gets more frightening. Uh, something about that uh, is not funny. I don't know what it, what's going on there. Do you think? I don't know. What do you feel? <laughs> My name is Frank Atola, the man whose name but joins the title of the show. Thank you, Ian Abramson, for uh, digging on that uh, life of comedy and what have you. This is Catola Chronicles. I'm the man whose name but joins the title of the show, and I will be back next time. Uh, hopefully, and uh, might be a guest, might not be a guest. Uh, watch uh, catolochronicles.blogspot.com and you'll find out uh, what's going on. If not, and you forget about it, forget about it. You could uh, Google me or Bing me or excite me by uh, put that in, and you'll find out where the show is uh, on, where it's running around the internet, and also archived at juicetalk.com. Good night, Mrs. Ernstwell, wherever you are. I'm not going to ask Catherine to come home because uh, Catherine came home, and thank you very much. We'll just uh, take a deep breath, get a glass of water, and uh, see you next time because I have nothing more to say. Bye.